Let me start with a nice recording thing. Because you do have that, there's a checkpoint that the Israeli army sets up just before cars go into Gaza. Because the Arabs were stealing Israeli cars. And once the car gets into Gaza, you can kiss it goodbye. So they're very careful when the car goes through to make sure that it belongs to the Arab and they check the paperwork and they're very careful because very often they're stolen cars. So one car drives in and um, they look at the paperwork and look at the registration. Everything seems to check out perfectly. One of the uh, soldiers comes over to the guy driving and he says, the car is stolen. He says, no, it's not. I have all the paperwork. He says, it, you don't admit to me that it's stolen or blow your brains out. It was something akin to that kind of a threat. And the guy is moited that it's stolen. But the other soldiers say to him, everything checked out perfectly. How were you so sure it was stolen? He says, come takes to the back of the car a little sticker that says, So he says, this is not an Arab car. And so... The stickers don't come off easy. (laughs) (laughs) So, what happened with Misa was that there was an organization of people that were going around and they're trying to be the Kaira people, I'm not sure, it was Leib Lachim or something like that. And um, they came to a certain guy's house and they just bought a brand new car. And they asked if he'd like to learn some Mishnayis or whatever. So he said he's not interested, he was busy playing with his new toy. And so uh, they, they realized, you know, sometimes you can't lynch the guy so much, so you lose him up. So they said, at least can you put a sticker on your car? So he says, do you want to put a sticker in my car? Okay, fine. Half hour later, they get a call from this guy. And they just put the sticker on the car, now my car was stolen. So they they hurried up and they said to him or whatever it was, and then he gets a call that they found this car because it said, so this guy was shaken up. I don't know if he was a chayzer b'tshuva, but made a roishim on his... Uh, I'll call upon him, but that hakdoma... Uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, that, uh, the inspiration for this is there's a posseg in the Parsha that says So you're going to take care of the Levium and the Yisoyim and the Almonas that is the Lumani Borecho Hashem Lokecho so that Hashem will give you a Brocho Chomase Yodcho Hashetase all the Masa you're dying that you are going to do. So you see from over here this Reuven Karelantin points this out that the Pesach says Hashem will give you a Brocho with the Masa Yodcho Hashetase that means you have to do your Masa Yodcho then Hashem will give you a Brocho. Right? So you see from over here, there's a gather of histadlus. A person has to make the histadlus, and then the brocha comes. Now, the histadlus is not necessarily always the seed of why you get the brocha. Your obligation is to make the histadlus, and the brocha will come, because HaKadosh Baruch gives the brocha. But, Azoi is nigzar from Odom HaRishon, Mezei Yasapecha Toichalechem, a mensch has to do with histadlus. 
So that's the way, that's the reality of the world. We have to be mishtadl to make a parmosa. And um, how much do you have to be mishtadl? If you're sick, you have to go to a doctor. The Ramban says that uh, in a house of Erlich, Yore, Shemai, Meshpitz, Yid, he doesn't need, you don't need a doctor. Right? The Vilna Goyen uh, rarely used a doctor. Right? There was a nice with the Vilna Goyen once he had some sort of a, a growth or an abscess. I'm not sure it was in his throat or somewhere. And um, he, uh, he couldn't get rid of it. So his son said, there's a lady over here, she has a way of getting rid of sicknesses. So should we bring her? So he says, okay, bring her. So before she does her thing, he avoided her, what, where is this coming from? So he says, exactly, tell me what you do. And where did, where did he get the, you're obviously not a, a PA or you're not a, so she says, what I do is I, I make a bracha, Okay, I take a glass of water, I make a shahakon, and this way it's a refuel. So he says, where did you get that from? So she says, I'll tell you the end of this, I'm an Ammonim. And Parinosu was very difficult. And one day I went to the, the base of Knesset, I went to the shul, it was empty. And I opened up there in the Kodesh and I started crying, Takadish, give me Parinosu, give me Parinosu. And I screamed and screamed, and suddenly a Basco came out and said, Take a glass of water, make a shahakru, and you'll heal people. I said, that's what I've been doing. The villagrade heard that he started to laugh so hard that through his laughter, whatever growth he had came out, and he was healed. So she said, what's so funny? So he says, you came into the base of Knesset, and I was learning. You didn't notice me, but you were screaming so much. You were staring my learning. So I just told you, just... Take some water, make a shahako, and laws up, right? So you believe that that was the Pasco and it's actually working. <laughs> so that's what, that's what healed the grave. And I'll call upon him. Uh, most people have to make a parmosa by working a little bit harder, whatever it is. And as uh, you see, you have to go to the doctor, you have to take care of yourself, you have to do all these things because we have to make ishtadlus. And so, um, but once you make the ishtadlus, so then I could have comes. And each year has a different diagram of his status. The marshal, the, the, the post success. So you start from a point where eight or five equals the tachin, and not a means. Well, you have to understand. Zoynish teaches that mitachin is a branch that grows on the tree of Amunah, right? When you have Amunah, it leads to mitachin. I just told the story. As a, as a, but um, I'll call upon him. Each year, Kafi is Madregas. Well, Marshal, it, it says by Yosef Atzadik, Ashrei Isa Shesom Hashem Mitachoi Leipone El Rohov and Zu Yosef. So the Beisal lady asks, says Yosef is the Schmitz Balbi Tochen, and how come he was punished for two more years in jail because he said to the Sarah Mashka, Remember me. And how does that stem with the. So he says, Adarab, that's good for the point. A person on his madrega should not have needed the ishtadlus of Tzaramashkin to remember him. Right? So therefore, was since Yosef was on his madrega, what do you what do you have to be ishtadlus for? You you have bitochen. So there was a time on Yosef, but the average person that would be the minimum ishtadlus you'd have to make. Right? Each person can be madrega also. We say to Maisa, somebody said over from Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld. 
that he, he, he lived mamish with, with Gornish. One day he comes home and his wife is crying. He says, what's the matter? She says, there's nothing to eat. I don't know. How do you have to, have, to, have, to, have to go to the store and buy food? So he says, okay, I guess I have to make your shtadlis. So somebody who just followed him, he walked out of his house, he walked up the steps, he walked in the street looking down. Suddenly he bends down, picks up a coin, goes back to his wife and says, here's Parnosa, you can go buy food. And we found whatever was in Napoleon or whatever, and of the coins. So we're not on that Madrego and to buy a lottery ticket and solve all our problems, you know. But um, the degree to which you have to have be taught in is totally in, in how much you boiteach and how, how much your status is totally vis a vis after the boiteach, right? So I want to share with you, uh, to a certain extent, that it, 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 it's an issue of. Person can bet by a Kodesh Baruch if you realize that a Kodesh Baruch can do for you, and you have bitochin in a Kodesh Baruch but you have to talk to a Kodesh Baruch. You have to bet by a Kodesh Baruch. There's a Murray Dike Gemara and a Murray Dike Shtikel from Shem Shem Pinkus, and it brings down a Gemara in the Sechdas Taimus. The Gemara says, um, Ben Petos, the Chikle Milsa Tudor. Rabbi Lozab Ben Petos was very full, very poor. Ovid Milsa, he did, um, I guess what they used to use was they used to put leeches on people and draw the blood. And so he had, he went through this bloodletting and the, the minute was, uh, the cure involved that you had to eat something kosher afterwards to restore your, your koiches. So, um, you have to have a piece of meat or something healthy. Shokel, but he didn't have that. He was too poor. So Shokel borrowed the tuma, the shadi bepuma. So he took the top of a turnip, I think, and he put it in his mouth. Cholash libei And he got very weak. And he went, and he ended up going to sleep or fainting. Also Rabban Lashu Lebe. The Rabban came to ask him how he's doing. They saw him crying. And smiling, and all of a sudden it was like they saw rays of light coming out of his forehead. When he woke up, why were you crying and smiling? was talking to me. How long do I have to have tsar in this world? How long is this going to go on? He said to me, Elozim, my son, Nikli da'afchile alma mireisha. You want me to overturn the world from the very beginning? Ebsha de misyalvus b'shaytu de misyalvus. Maybe this time, if you, if, you, if you rebuild the world, maybe uh, you'll chap lucky and you'll you'll be born in a time when you'll be a gvir. Oma l'kame kuli hai So he said, all that you're going to do, and so still maybe a chance. Oma l'ay d'chai yitvei o'y d'chaiim. Did I live more of my life, or am I going to live more? Amalei the chayis. You lived already most of your life. Amalekami and Kamelim. He said, if they, if I already lived most of my life, I don't need to make you go through the trouble of rebuilding the world. I'll be moichu. Amalei b'hai agu the amet le'be'ina because you said le'be'ina you saved me the tircha yevnu l'chol alma the osi place in arsu the mashcha parsman dachin kipros v'tigelas man genesplay.
I'm going to give you 13 rivers of uh, some sort of an oil. And whatever, this is a ruchniyistic uh, reward. And it's going to be rivers as big as the Degelas, and you'll be able to have the oinik ruchniyist over there. Right? So he says, that's all you're going to give me? I only get 13 rivers? So I got to leave something for your friends. I'm, I'm asking from somebody who can't give me more. Right? What's the problem? Right? You're going to show You can do anything. So what's the trap? You, you, you have a you have a specific account that you know we tell people we only have X amount of money in the scholarship fund. We can't give you a bigger scholarship, right? <laughs> the Rebbeinu has endless amounts of uh, whatever. So Machyan be is kutla aputoi. sort of like hit him with a. Basically, he gave him like a knepper with his with his fingers. Omalei alozubi giri boch giri my arrows are shot at you. My arrows are shot at you. <laughs> so, the 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 question is on the Tifra level: What's going on over here? Why did a Kaddish Baruch after he said, uh, you know, I'm I'm asking you for more? What's the shot? Kaddish Baruch like said, Ah, Ziskite, right? And he gives him a, a, a you know a knepel. What's going on over here? What is this? A giri buff, giri buff. So Shimshon Pinkas has a whole shtickle tire on this. It's very yisoidistic. I think it's very beautiful. So he says, I say, what, what was going on over here? So Rebelozo ben Kedaz is obviously saying, I'm, I'm poor, I won't have to deal with it. So Belashim says, I can turn over the world. So he says, you don't have to bother. So he says, I'm going to give you 13 rivers. So he says, I want more. So what's going on over here? Shalos HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Rebelozo ben Kedaz that you're, you're a genius. You're asking me that why well, you only get 13 rivers. I can give you, uh, I have an endless supply. Because <clears throat> why did you ask the question in the first place when I told you I'd have to rebuild the world to give you Parnosa? You could have said, Rebbein you can't give me Parnosa. It's felt place money by you. I have to live poor now unless you recreate the world and I get lucky. You have all the money in the world. Why can't you give me something now in this world? He says, like, all of a sudden, you woke up. You chopped the kasha in Olam Haba, but you didn't think it could work in Olam Hazeh. So that you got to get a knepel for that. That, that was a, so. So that's a bunch of little misragish by, by what he said. So Shimshon Pinkus is masbir. That what's the pshat? What's the hesbus? First, he says that if you take a look at the world, it doesn't work that there's X amount. He says, you know, there are families that have 17 children and there's families that have no children. Why can't a Kodesh Baruch make it even? Right? You know, every family should have six and a half kids. Right? You know, whatever. Why is it, uh, you know, you see some people suffer and some people are the dog, right? So why does it have to be that way? Terence is that Rebbe doesn't have a kupa that he's dishing out. The Rebbe gives from himself, and there's no limit to what he can give. And he makes a cheshman, this person needs this, and this person needs that, and this is best for you, and this is best for you. So, but what, what, what is the pshat that he he, he, he gave him this clip and he says, giri boch, giri boch. What, what's going on? So, he's masber, based on the beginning of Sefer Yechesko. In the beginning of Sefer Yechezkel, Yechezkel describes the Maisa Merkali. And he describes that there are Chayos and there are Oifanim. And the Oifanim go 
where the Chayas want them to go, right? The, 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 where, where the Ruach of the Chayas sends them, that's where the Oifanim go. Now, the Oifanim are also referred to as Galgalim, right? The Oifanim are wheels, right? Like it says by Paro, that the Yosef is Oifan Markevoisa, the wheels of the chariots are sort of removed. So here also, the Pshat is the Oifanim of the Galgalim. This world works with various galgalim, there's the galgal hachamet, the galgal hashemesh, there's the galgal hachamet, the whole thing of astrology, whatever it is, is how the world is affected by the kachamet. But you know, people look at the stars and they think that the stars are determining what to do. But the emphasis is not stars are only the agents of the chayis, and the chayis are the ones who tell the eifanim what to do. They're the ones that control it. But who controls the chayis? That's the rebbeinishloim. So it's it's like if you have a car and a guy's driving a car, a guy can drive his car for ten years, and he doesn't matter the car work. No, the car works very simple. I turn on the motor, I press on the gas pedal, and the wheel turns. Right, a guy never hopped that there's such a thing called a motor, right? You know, or uh, where the motor, what what it is like this lady driving a Volkswagen with a motor in the back, you know, and she and, and she she suddenly the car stalls, so she picks up the hood and she realizes that there's no motor in the front. So she starts to cry. So another lady with a Volkswagen pulls up and says, what's the matter? She says, I lost my engine. So she says, don't worry, I have a spare in my trunk. Right? So <laughs> in any case, the, the, the point is that the, it, that's how it works. It's a motor and, and the, the wheels turn the motor. The motor that makes the Yifana move the Chayis But who's controlling the whole thing? That's the Reboi Neshulayim. But the Pesach describes that above the Chayis, there's something called the Kerach Hanoira. There's this gigantic Rekia of ice. And above that Rekia Hanoira, he saw the Kisei HaKovet. He saw the Reboi Neshulayim sitting on the Kisei HaKovet. But then, in the middle of this entire panorama of describing the, um, the Kisei HaKovet, all of a sudden, he sees that Tachas Knat Kanfei Hachayis, under the wings of the Chayis, there is the Yad of the Ben Odom, what appear to be the hands of a person that stick out under the wings of the Chayis. He says, what is the, what is the Pshad in the hand of the Odom? The Rebbein Mishlein, who controls everything from above the Kerach reaches with his hands below that Kerach and he's the one who controls what goes on in the world. Ultimately, it's only the Rebbein Mishlein. It's not the Pshat Rebbein is somewhere upstairs and the world functions without a Kodesh Baruch and he just decides what should happen. Rebbein has his hands right there. And so he controls everything in this world. So the Rebbein is saying to Rebbein Elizabeth Pedos, he, he, he says, Giribach, do I have to send arrows at you that, that, that come from somewhere else that I'm not involved in this world? And, he's, and he pokes him with his fingers. He says, oh, what, what fingers? The fingers that are there by the highest that are controlling the world. He says, Rabbi Elizabeth Pedos, I'm here in this world. You can ask me in this world. If you ask me for a few dollars, I can't give you a few dollars. If you ask me to give you money so you shouldn't be so poor, I can't help you. Say, I don't need to shoot arrows at you. My hand is right here in this world, right? And that's what regulates the world. That's what he gives him a knepple on his head. And he says, 
see it from right here. I'm right here. I can touch you. And that's I saw the shine coming from his face. That was the the that Vorim is that you can you can access a Kodesh Baruch. I where's a Kodesh Baruch? Kisei Akovid is above the Kerach Hanoyer. Is but how do you break through a wall that's made out of Kerach Hanoyer? He says you have a brick wall and you've got to get. You know, you need to knock it down with a sledgehammer, whatever it is. How do you break through a wall of ice with varkite, with warmth? You dive in the environment film. You break through that, that wall of ice and you come to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Then HaKadosh Baruch Hu, down here with his fingers under the highest, can adjust the world and do whatever he has to do to make the heat happy. Right? But we have access to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Just when you daven, to realize, just have to break through with a varm kite, with a love. That's what breaks through it. The Shushan Pinkus gives a bushel. And he says, you have uh, uh, the Yiddish in, in, in America. He's describing himself, probably. He was very often came to Brooklyn, and he spoke in Brooklyn. So he has kids in there, it's just real, and he's in Brooklyn. He says, the father is walking in the streets of Borough Park, and there's only one thing he's thinking about. Where is the toy store? Because there's an eight-year-old boy in Eretz Yisrael that's waiting to talk. He's going to bring him a toy. He says, what creates the bond between Eretz Yisrael and Brooklyn? Love. Right? The guy is afraid of something, and he leaves Eretz Yisrael, comes to America. He's not afraid, because what he's afraid of is out there in Eretz Yisrael. But when there's love, there's a connection. You have an ava. You have a connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who loves every yid. So we have a cash with a Kodesh Baruch Hu. With a little bit of varmkite, you can access, go straight through that Kerach talk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will reach down with those hands. And that's what he was telling Rabbi Lozab and Pidas. So a yid who understands that that's how the world works, he has that access to Kodesh and the great things can be accomplished. So um, you have to know, we can do that. There was a yid, uh, just heard this mice for 20 years dotted for a child didn't have a child 20 years day after day by Lenu poured out his heart 20 years go by and he says you know maybe it's time to accept I'm not going to have a child some people are not destined to have children let me daven about other things right? you know I daven for 20 years already it's not happening I guess it's time to refocus comes to that first Shemun Esri, he comes up to Shema he has this battle, so I still daven for a job. All of a sudden, sure, he hears a baby crying. It was the pshat. But there's a little baby, like a newborn child, is crying. And that opens up his heart, and he suddenly says, Rabbi, should I want a baby like that? Why can't I have a child like that? And 20 years of frustration come pouring out and the dam breaks and he's crying bitterly and bitterly. nine months later, he had a baby. But what was the pshat? His friend, the baby was up all night, so he told his wife, listen, get some sleep, I'll take the baby to shul. The baby was sleeping. He assumed the baby would sleep through davening. In the middle of Shemun Esrei, the baby woke up. And this is what, this is what did it. But 20 years he davened. But he broke through, that broke through the ice. That was where he was able to do it. But um, Emma says you have to know that having bitachin doesn't mean 
I have bitochen, I'm going to get whatever I want. There, there is such a darga. But bitochen and HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't necessarily mean I have bitochen, everything's going to be okay, and therefore it's guaranteed everything's going to be okay. Bitochen means I have a certain nukas and nefesh. The one thing I know, the Bershin is taking care. Whatever he does is what's best. He might decide that what I think is not good is what's best for me. I just know that I'm in good hands. I know HaKadosh Baruch was taken. Whatever happens, it's not haphazard. It's the Yad Hashem. And whatever HaKadosh Baruch does is what's ultimately good. And we're Mekabal. I saw you this, we, we're Mekabal with Hashem does, which is good. Mekabal, whatever it is, because we know it's all the Yad Hashem. There's a beautiful story of a uh, Yaakov Bender told over once that there was a, uh, a woman, her name was Sora Kriegsman, and she... She had the, the, she had cancer, and first she went into remission. Then it came back again, very very vigorously. And um, this happened like towards the beginning of the summer, and uh, they decided they would tell their married children that things did not look very good. But the children were going to camp. They said, "Let them enjoy their summer, and they can wait till they come back to to deal with it." Anyway, their son Heshi would have a younger child comes back from camp and they take him to the hospital. He sees his mother and he realizes his mother may not make it and he's crying. And he says, why? Why you? Why does it have to be you? So the mother takes him and she takes the tissue, she wipes his tears. And she says, when I got engaged when I was 19 years old and many of the girls in my class were still single, I didn't ask why me. When I had children, when many of my friends who got married before me didn't have children, and I didn't ask why me. And when we had Parnosa and we made a good living, and other people, Luchitzuch, I didn't ask why me. When we had Nachas for my children, when other people struggled, I didn't say why me. And now, if a Kodesh Baruch Hu decided that this should happen, I'm not going to ask the question why me. So this is. This is the way a person has to live. You understand it's all the Yadakadish Borchu. Pesach Krohn in his book, he says, perhaps this is the Pshat. We say two girls, you see Mechel and Kent, you saw Rivka Rachel the Lane. He says, what's that? This? Every one of these women had a very difficult life. Sarah was, uh, didn't have children until she was 90. She tells her, uh, a woman living 90 years of Yitzhak Zuch and not having children. And then Rivka, she had a son like Asa, which did not give her a lot of machas. So uh, she, Mochitzach, and she's married to somebody who's blind, and she has a son like Asa. Things are not going so great. And then Rachel, Rachel gave up everything, and she didn't have children until uh, her second child. She died in childbirth. And Leah felt like she was hated the whole time. So all of these women, Mochitzach, they didn't have a pleasant life. That not one of them asked why me. They were macabre and they didn't give up and they kept on fighting and they kept on doing. And that was the bracha you give. You should be that you should take in life as all the Yadakadish Borchu. That's the way you should live your life. But there are yitn that the Mahmashik, sometimes a person has enough bitachin, which was there for him. There was a yid, um, you may have heard this story, who, who um, somebody came to a shul and here's a yid saying Kaddish. Rarely did he hear such an emotional Kaddish. He was every time the guy saying Kaddish, so he asked me, what's, can you tell me what's the Pshat? So 
So he said he was in the, in the camps. And he went through the camps with tremendous betoken. And anyone would talk to him and say, you know, uh, you know we're just going to die over here. You know, just, he would always say, Yeshua Sashem Keherifai. His whole, his mantra was Yeshua Sashem Keherifai. Got to the point they nicknamed him Yeshua Sashem. Everybody called him Rabbi Yeshua's because that's all we ever said. Yeshua Sashem Keherifai. And people laughed at him. They said, "You're yeah, right, Yeshua Sashem Keherifai, right? You're going to be, Yeshua Sashem is going to be the gas chamber, right? It's, you know, one of these days is going to be a lineup and we're all going to the gas chamber. And Kachava, one day, they're all taken to the gas chamber. And he's there too. And so uh, a couple of his friends say, No, Yeshua Sashem, Vuzoksiest. He said, Yeshua Sashem Kerefai. There's a Nazi guard guarding this whole Hebrew. And, you know, till the, the door's going to shut in the gas chamber in a moment, and uh, that'll be it. And he's guarding them that no one should escape. As this Nazi guard is standing there, a piece of paper falls out of his pocket. So in order to, you know, he wants to humiliate the Yidden even more, so he calls this guy, he pick up that paper for me, you dirty Jew. So he comes out to pick up the paper, and the second he leaves to pick up the paper, the door slams shut in the gas chamber. And all the people, he hears them screaming, Rabbi Yeshua, Zot Kaddish for him, Zot Kaddish for him. They all saw that he was Zoycha, and he escaped from that, that, that Misa, that the, he was able to avoid the gas chamber, he was able to run away. Somehow or other, he escaped and he survived the war. But he says, I say Kaddish for every one of those people that called after me. And that's why I say Kaddish. But he, he lived every day with that, and the Bershom responded to him. But um, Iker is to realize that if you understand it from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it says in the Pesach, Rabbim Machlevin L'Rosha, Avoiteyach Ba'ashem Chesed Yisoyvavenu. So, what do you see from this Pesach? You show him have terrible Machlevin, but the person that trusts in Hashem is surrounded by Chesed. It doesn't say the person that trusts in him won't have Machlevin. Person can have machlevim, but chesed yisayv avenu. So the Chavetz Chaim says, "What is the pshat?" He says, "Amol he gave medicine was very bitter, so it was very difficult to tolerate." Now they came up with something called a capsule. So you, the medicine is put in the plastic, you swallow the plastic, and therefore the medicine tastes uh, tastes good. Sometimes it tastes sweet. You know, it's coated whatever. So they made the medicine in a way that is surrounded with something that takes away the bitterness. He says, "Avoteich b'Hashem chesed yisayv avenu." That's like the capsule. That if you have trust in a Baruch Hu, it's like taking the medicine with a capsule. You could understand this is the Rebbeinshem. This is what the Rebbeinshem wants. This is what's good for me. I don't understand it, but this world is only a temporary world. In the Olam Emes, I'll understand everything. But right now, this is what Hashem wants. This is what's better. At the same time, there's a gather of Yehichas Dechah Chesed of Kodesh Baruch Hu is totally in how much we have trust in Hashem. So it's Shaykh Azazah that you can mamish be Boiteach and Shed. If you really, really Boiteach without, you'll have what you want. So the Gemara brings two mice Morris says there was a Yid who went to Rava. Ma'oni. Came to Rava for Parnasa. So Rava says, What do you usually have? So he says, I have a, a you know, roast chicken with an old wine. So Rava said to him, you know, 
You don't, you know, the tzibur is taking care of you. You don't have rechmanis on the cost of the tzibur. You got to have your, you know, stuffed chicken with. He says the tzibur doesn't take care of me. Hakadosh Baruch Hu takes care of me. Right? I'm supported by the rechmanis of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Without the tzibur, it's a rebbeinu Just as they're talking, Rova's sister shows up. He hasn't seen her for years and years, and she brings him a gigantic chicken with a bottle of old wine, and he says. The year, this is for you. And the year got what he wanted. The same time, the Gemara says there was a different Misa when the year came through Nehemia, and um, he was also used to having better food. But Nehemia said, All I can give you is beans. That's all I had. He was poor. So the, and he said, Okay. He ate the beans and he couldn't tolerate it and he died. So the Shail was, What's the difference between the two? Why do one guy die? One guy. Teretz is the first army mamish had bitochen in Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and he didn't give in to his bitochen. He didn't up. He didn't say, "Okay, fine, I'll have a tuna fish sandwich instead." He said, "I eat roast chicken with old wine, and Hashem takes care of me, and I'm not losing up. I'm not giving in." So he was The other one, he he, he didn't really have bitochen. So the bailer, he didn't get what he wanted, so he wasn't able to be saved. So that's. Uh, so, so ideally, that's the process. Ideally, a person should say, why me? Should say what? Ideally, a person should say, why me? When something good happens to them, you should say, why me? And try to understand. Why It could be you're right, and it could be she was saying, I didn't ask the question. I'm not gonna ask the question now. You know, it could be if I did ask the question, I Yeah. Okay. Okay, we should be Zoichit. Break through the ice and uh, have things that are nice. <laughs> what? <laughs> Serious topic as well.